Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eyes. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Straight out of the burbs of L.A., this is So I Married a Movie Geek. What's up, movie geeks? Welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek. We're one of the longest-running movie podcasts out there. We've been doing this for almost 10 years, and we spend half of our time catching up our movie newbie, Chrissy, on movies she's never seen, and the other half of the time, we have a movie competition we call Fantasy Movie Draft. So you like uh, reg- you know, fantasy sports, drafting fantasy sports. This is just like that, but we draft movies. So my name is Justin Winters. I'm one of the hosts of the show. Chrissy is taking the week off because it's a huge, huge week for the podcast. Tonight is the start of our March Madness rounds for our 80s fantasy movie draft tournament. We've been doing this for the past eight months. And so we've gone year by year through the 80s, drafting the best films from each year. And there's been a winning podcaster each uh, round who's advanced to two different semifinal rounds or brackets, and that is March Madness. So two drafters will eventually advance from each semifinal round to the finals of the whole shebang, which will be the year 1989 in film. And the winner of that will, will crown an 80s fantasy movie draft tournament champion. They get a prize, tons of recognition, the love of all their peers. It's going to be awesome. So It's time for the first of those two rounds. Tonight, we're going to be drafting the best of the best films of the year, 1987. And I have four fantastic podcasters who are going to battle it out. Let's get to the draft board for the introduction. So everyone here has won a year in the tournament, whether it be 1980, 82. So let's introduce the draft board at the top. He's drafting first tonight. He just had a baby, his third kid. He's probably like barely awake now. Talking about Gerald, Mr. Creepy from Two Peas on a Podcast. Gerald, what's going on, dude? I'm trying to shed that creepy. Uh, you, you keep bringing that back, you know, but I'm trying to get rid of it. What's up, man? I'm, 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 I've got to tell you, I'm super excited, man. I, I've really, really, really been looking forward to this. I love coming on your show anyway. And being that it's the 1980s and it's the, the, fi- the semifinals, man. It's exciting, and I love all these podcasters that are on the panel, so I'm pumped, man. Thanks for having me. So there, there was a little bit of anxiety, tension that we were going to lose, Gerald, because, again, he just had a baby, he and his yeah. wife. Congratulations again, sir. Are you, how's it going? You're in the, the new the new uh, sleeping all the time phase in, in terms of the baby. It's, yeah, it's, it's going great, man. I mean, he's one week old today, and uh, it was an awesome – it went really, really smoothly. My wife is just an absolute hero. And it was just an amazing uh, labor and delivery, and she did really great. And the baby's super awesome, and just I don't know, he's just the man, dude. I've been putting pics on social media. I'm sure you guys have seen it, but his name's Luke, and uh, get a little Star Wars throwback there. And um, but yeah, we're excited, man. I mean, he he's just an awesome, awesome kid. So I'm I'm very very happy. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm super happy for the two of you guys. Congrats again, and and welcome tonight to to the March Madness round, uh, 1987 draft. What's up, man? So happy to have you. Thanks, brother. Awesome. So love Gerald from, from my home state of North Carolina. He, he's staying up late for this. And in the two spot tonight is a guy who almost needs no introduction. He, he's, he's a vet of the draft. We know him as Mr. Peanut Chews. He's got an attitude already about everything. I'm talking about Dave from Super Movie Bros Podcast. Dave, what's going on, man? 
That's right. You can't take a number two on me because I've already taken a number two on myself. <laughs> I'm the one that chose the draft order, and I put myself in a number two spot. That's how little I think of myself. <laughs> Ca- captain of the cell phone. Cal- yeah, captain right. of the cell burn. Dave, Dave and, from Super and Movie And for Bros. Gerald, you can't shed the creepy thing because yeah. you can't bury the truth. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I'm pretty That's sure. Fair. That's I'm pretty fair. sure Gerald last time he just brought it up himself, and I'm like, no, Gerald. I did. Yeah, I did. We're I trying can... to bury it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Justin, I hope you got your brand new big boy board out because we're going to need it for tonight. So uh, Dave has he, he's already come into the Skype call with intro music. He's there's been a lot of shit talking uh, on our group. Uh, DM on Twitter. Are you are you excited about tonight's draft? Are you uh, thinking? I you're, am. Are you, thinking you, got, you got going the, you got you got the stuff to win this. Yeah, well, I'm going into this with two wins in a row for drafts for me. So confidence is high. You know, I'm feeling like I'm feeling like a goalie in the NHL when he's on a hot streak. I haven't shaved in over three months since my last draft. I haven't groomed anywhere. I've barely showered. I'm just ready. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just stanky and just ready. <laughs> well, always a pleasure, Dave. Happy to have you, man. Uh in the three spot tonight, we we got our our uh it's it's International Women's Day. I'm so glad we have a, we have a, a a lovely lady on the draft tonight. She's the queen of 80s movies. Uh he I mean globally. I mean, she's from Australia, but I, globally when I think 80s movies, I think of her uh right up there at the tippy top. Talking about Gidget from Retro Cinema Podcast. Gidget, what's going on? Hey, how are you doing? Um, I thought we were doing 1988. Shit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I am, so, I am so prepped. I am so prepped. You guys may as well just leave now. Just quit. Just throw the towel in and just give it to me. Let's go. 1989. Bring it on. Uh, I was about to say, our our you know Gerald and Dave have been on several drafts. But uh, Gidget and our, our gentleman in the four spot have been on one draft and and won it outright, and I think it's because they have a they have a huge network of followers and you know people that they can just mobilize for the vote. I know one other person has has been worried about Gidget and how strong she is on the social media. Gidget, are you uh, confident in yourself tonight? Uh, look, it's I'm in the third spot. I didn't want to go first. Because that that to me would be like just Sophie's choice. So I think I think I'm I'm in a very comfortable position in three. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty confident. It's it's a great year. I mean, it's a great decade. So you know, how can you lose? I will say, Justin. I will say about Gidget. You're right. I think she actually is the reason I won 1983 <laughs> because she <laughs> she voted for me and, and I had her support and she like reached out to half the world and I woke up one morning and I was winning. <laughs> <laughs> she, you're sleeping, and she's like doing work for you on the other side. Yeah, exactly. Of yeah. Uh, she, yeah, you owe me, dude. You owe I me. I do absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, f- I forgot to mention when when I introduced Dave. Uh, this was such a huge draft that we couldn't uh, pick names out of a hat for draft order. We couldn't. What have we done? We picked uh, how many M and M's are in this jar. But for this one, I had to do something different. So I had these guys last week try to guess the opening box office for. Uh, Medea's funeral, whatever the new one is out now. <laughs> We're like, okay, tell me how, what the, what the new Medea movie is going to make opening weekend, and the closest person without going over Price is Right rules gets to choose the draft order. And so Dave won; he chose the draft order, but Gidget like chose like 
two million or something. And when she sent that in, I'm like, are you, are you serious? She's like, oh, I don't care. I don't want to pick first anyway. So <laughs> yeah. I, I had no idea how much money those movies make. I was just worried you were going to make us go and see the damn movie. So I was just relieved just to throw out any number. I didn't Did care. I was going to say a dollar. Over there in Australia? I don't think they do. No, they, they don't. Make it? Yeah. They don't. We, we have taste here in Australia. Ooh. So, <laughs> Medea yeah. slam. Well, we America. have culture here in the United States. <laughs> we have Medea. So. Anyway, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the draft. Again, happy International Women's Day as well, Gidget. Thank you, sweetie. I'm very, very happy to be here. I'm very excited. She's tenacious. She's got a lot of grit. She's, she's ready to fight. And I just heard myself. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. All right, so in, on. in the four spot tonight, uh, and that's a good spot to be as well because we draft in a serpentine manner. So the last person to choose in round one also gets the first pick of round two. Uh, and in that spot, akin to, to Gidget, is a person that won their first draft outright, has a has a another a sizable following online, has tons of friends. I'm talking about Drew Hallam from the Real Feels podcast. Drew, what's going on, man? Hey, man, I am super excited for this. This is going to be one hell of a draft. This is going to be a good time. So Drew from the Real Fools Podcast is also a teacher, correct? This this is true. And so uh, when he won his podcast, the Drew, I got to tell you this, there was a lot of shade thrown at you that said, oh, he just got the whole school to vote for him online in the Twitter poll. So <laughs> kids would have to actually like him enough to do that. I'm not kids sure do love Twitter. Dave has so, a point. Dave has a point. The kids would have to like me. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I, I mean, confirm or deny, you, you do have a sizable network of, of loyal followers on social media, yes? Yes, this is true. Uh, so that coupled with the kids, I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, so 87 is a year. Are, are you confident? In your drafting skills tonight, Drew. You know what I am. I am pretty confident in my drafting skills, and you know what I was. I was kind of hesitant with uh, being pretty cool with the fact of going fourth. But you know what? To have the first back-to-back pick, I'm I'm really kind of jonesing for this. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you, sir, and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we we got our we got our draft board set up, but before we get to movies, and we've been doing this every year, we we kind of like to set the move. We we got a mood setter, so we got to take ourselves back to 1987, a long ways away. We we fire up the Universal Studios DeLorean. We all jump in that gigantic, you know, monstrosity of theme park uh, equipment, and we go back to 1987. And and the way we set the mood outright is we we look at the music that was big that year. So Billboard Year End Hot 100 Singles of 1987. Here's what we got, guys. Some some great 80s music. So in the five spot is one of my favorites from Starship. Nothing's going to stop us now. Uh, the four spot, Whitney Houston with I Want to Dance with Somebody. Uh, Gregory Abbott, Shake You Down. If you've never heard that song, fire that up, guys. Some great 80s music. Uh, in the two spot, Hearts Alone, a great karaoke jam that I know Chrissy loves. And the number one most popular song of the year 1987 from the Bengals, Walk Like an Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. Can you believe that's the number one song, guys? Really? I I, I would have thought Whitney, but um, I think she she, uh, sort of hit the heights with Bodyguard. 
I think. So she was just sort of starting out. So yeah, that cut you on the I suppose that makes sense. Not a, not a bad uh, top five there in that year. So what else was happening in the year 1987? Here's, so here are five things that happened that year, just to get everyone refreshed. So at the height of the Cold War, of course, our, our President Ronald Reagan delivered his famous speech at the Berlin Wall where he said, anyone got a, a Reagan impression? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Reagan smash. (laughs) I knew I could count you guys. So, obviously, obviously big that year in 87. Also big, you know, all eyes were glued to the screens because of 18-month-old Jessica McClure, who everyone knows is the the kid that fell into the well in Midland, Texas, and it took two days to get to her. Lucky she, she made out okay. Notable books that year, Misery by Stephen King, Watchmen by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. On television, this was huge. The Fox Network made its debut, which means we got our first taste of The Simpsons because it started as an animated short on the Tracy Ullman show that year. Tracy Ullman was actually the the original voice of Marge Simpson, which is crazy. And then also in 87, the first Final Fantasy video game is released by Square in Japan, of course, during the month of December of 1987. Guys, a lot of stuff happened, but a lot of great Great films were released this year. So 1987 in film, without naming any titles, which is the main rule here in a fantasy movie draft, what did you think about the year as a whole, guys? Second favorite year in 80s movies, period. I mean, second. Fucking stacked, brother. Stacked. I absolutely like... I can't remember who said I think it may have been Gidget, but this is why I didn't want to go first. There's like 10 movies I could pick first. So now, I, now the, I just have to. I don't know. It, it's there it's are a heavier a ton of movies, but like none of them I would look at and be like, you know, that's like my favorite movie in the eighties. But they're they're all really really solid, and they can almost fit into a, a lot of the the round one, round two, round three spots. You can. It, it was really tough putting which film goes in what round uh, in order for me because I was like, ah. God, I love that movie. Who does? Do, do other people love that movie? Nah, that movie's too weird for other people to love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look, I look at my mock draft list and I say there's not a lot of A pluses or A's in '87, but there are a lot of A minuses to B minuses, which are yeah, just it's like the height, it's the height of the B movie, man. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I'm super excited to see what you guys pick because I look at my list and I'm like, this is so deep. People are just gonna have to like. I don't. I don't know how you guys are going to battle this out. So, um, well, I have the power. So, I have to say, Justin, that you actually missed out on one of the most important things that happened in 1987. Ooh, what was, was that? that? Legend of Zelda came to the United States on the no, NES. No, I got my driver's <laughs> license. You just missed that one. Oh, how could you miss that? Oh, yeah, you got to yeah, put. I you got on the roads, baby. <laughs> you got to put that on your Wikipedia page. Get it? So. <laughs> That's where I pull. I guess, I guess Justin's failing in his duties as ghostwriting your biography. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're fired. <laughs> oh man! So again, guys, I'm I'm excited to talk films. So let's get it started with the 1987 fantasy movie draft. Nerd! Hey, what's this lying around shit? What is wrong with you? What's wrong with all of you? You guys stink. Sometimes you gotta say what the fuck. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. 
I want you to play dirty if you have to, but don't get caught. Go for the ribs. Don't let that bastard breathe. Concentrate, focus hard. Remember balance. Make cool fight. Keep your heads up. Play proud. Game over. And like we said at the top, this is not any fancy movie draft. This is number one, 87. Love the 80s. Every one of these years, I'm excited to see what people pick, but we're at the almost tail end of a tournament. So if, if everyone ever knows of March Madness here in the States, how big it is with college basketball, we're in it now. These are these are winners of their own respective year drafts already. So they, they fought to be here, and the four of them are battling it out because when we put up the poll, when we put up the draft board, the top two vote-getters are going to advance to the finals, which are 1989. So we got 87 here. In two weeks, we'll have 88. And then two weeks after that, we have the finals. There's a prize. It's going to be big. So I'm super excited. So again, Dave chose the draft order tonight. And he put the guy that just had the baby in the one spot. Mm. So nice of you, Dave. Yeah, thanks a lot for that, Dave. Yeah, uh, no problem. I figured, I figured if anyone was going to get gun shy, it was going to be you from all the lack of sleep. That's a good oh, point. That's a good point. So we, we got some strategy in the draft order, but yeah. let's let's get it started with the picks with round one. We got the first pick of the 87 draft. Goes to Gerald. What are you going to go with, Gerald? All right, man. Well, I thought about this a couple hours ago. I finally made my decision, so I'm not going to founder on it now. Like I said, there's probably a definitely a handful of movies that I could pick right here. There's a lot. There's a the quantity is large for 1987. There's a lot of movies that I love, and we'll see what you guys pick before it comes back to me in an hour and a half. But for now, <laughs> my first pick, you know, I was I was like, I could pick something action, right? I could pick an adventure. I could pick romance. I could pick comedy. Or you know what? Fuck it. I could pick one that's all of that. So I'm going to take Rob Reiner's The Princess Bride. Inconceivable. Oh. I have the see. I, I I like you taking it here because I mean the 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 main villain. That's my last name. But uh, mm. too soon, too soon. Yeah. Did did you pick this because you thought I was going to pick this, and then and then I didn't pick it because I thought you were going to pick it, and then no. Although I I do play that head game too often, <laughs> but I, really the reason I picked this with my heart. I mean, Justin knows that I do that when I come on these drafts. I just pick my favorite movies personally, a playlist that I would make for myself, but. Another reason is I have the first pick, so it's going to be, what, seven picks or eight picks before it comes back around to me? There's no way this would have lasted, in my opinion. So I, ha- I had to take it. So uh, a heart pick from you, Gerald. Why, why, do yep. you, why do you heart The Princess Bride so much? I love it, man. I grew up with it. I mean, Mandy Patinkin, Carrie Elways, Robin Wright. I, I, I know some of you guys listen to my show, but I've already named this a couple times on a couple different top fives on my show. I, I said that Princess... Buttercup and Wesley was the best cinematic romance of all time, in my opinion. I put it number one. I put this movie, I want to say number one for movies to watch with the whole family. It's just an adventure. It's a good time, you know, and it's like, it's like they say in the beginning of the movie when he's reading the book to young Fred Savage, which is also a great part of this movie that I love. Uh, you know, it's got sword fighting. It's got true love. It's got monsters. You know, it's like magic. It's got everything. It's and just, it's got Peter Falk. It does. It does. Yeah. And it's and, funny. And it's and, funny too. It's right. Like, it's, it's got the whole combo movie. It is a, up to me, it's a perfect movie. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I love it. I mean, it's, on my top, it's in my top 10 of all time. And no, no other movie from 1987 falls in my top 10 of all time. So for, well, me, for me, it was a no brainer. <laughs> Well, good. Why did? 
Well, no, because every college professor that I had, like every time I'd say my last name to like announce that I was in class and you know not hungover somewhere else, they would be like, "Oh, that's right, inconceivable," and then they'd move on, and I'd be like, "You yeah, fuck yourself." Just you think you're so funny. I get it. Everyone's seen that movie. You dip. You're like asshole. you're you're like the you're like the Michael Bolton of your own office space, Dave. That's great. <laughs> That's right. yeah. But only but it was weird because only college aged like male professors would like make the connection. Like my wife has been working at her job for years, and when she got married, no one made the connection until she got a phone call and she works customer service from a guy whose profession is that he is a a uh, English professor at a university in New Jersey. And then he made the, he made the connection. She had no clue what it was. She came home and asked me about it. And I explained to her what the princess bride was. And I was like, well, that, that, that's your first of many. Now, any guy of, of, of that certain age, no, right. no offense, Gerald is going to make that joke to you when they hear your last name. <laughs> and you, you turned out being, you know, similar, similar in demeanor as well, Dave. You're the loud, <laughs> annoying one, just just like in the movie. That's just, uh, a, that's just a trait of all Sicilian people. <laughs> uh, the Prince, the Princess Bride, probably one of the top '80s, uh, you know, mid to late '80s movies. It still holds up, and you can show your kid, and they'll be like, "Yes, that's great." So, I, I think it's, I think it's a great pick. Maybe a little high, Gerald, but again, going with heart. I totally understand. So, The Princess Bride off the board now. Dave, you got your first pick in round one. What are you going with? Yeah, man. I'm going with one that's also with my heart, but uh, it it was in the round one, but I I think there's probably ones that people would think is better here, but I just love the creature design in this, and I absolutely love just big sweaty guys in the jungle with big guns shooting at things. I I love Predator, man, so I got to go with Predator. I'm the predator. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that Gerald didn't take this. Gerald, I was like, this is yeah, like an alley-oop for you, man. Mr. Know, Creepy, man. the predator. No, yeah, I know. No. Like I said, there was there was quite a few that I could have taken, but yeah. So, Good so pick. Good why, pick. why here uh, with your first pick, Dave? Because uh, this is one of those movies that like, when I was first getting introduced to like 80s movies as a kid in the 90s watching shit back on VHS, or like when you stay at home sick from school and USA Network is doing uh, marathons of movies, like that's when I started watching Predator. And I was like, dude, I absolutely love this movie. And then when you start getting into the creature design and how like Stan Winston just kind of like came up with it on like an airplane, I believe, um, you know, it, and he, it was just absolutely um, amazing. And uh, just the, when you really get into the backstory of like the, how many creature designs they went through and Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to be the creature and just getting all these muscle bound morons to play well on a set was damn near impossible. Uh, you know, Jesse Ventura had to hire a bodyguard to keep the, the guy who played Billy away from him because he was so crazy. <laughs> so it's more of like the backstory for it. I mean, I love the movie all around because it's just a perfect action movie. It's filled with with macho cheese, um, but also great sci-fi, awesome kill scenes and uh, just a ton of fun. And who doesn't want to shake hands like Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger every time you meet a buddy? Dave, it sounded like you just said nacho cheese, and I thought about one of your favorite movie theater snacks. Yeah, yeah. No, I said I said m- macho Oh, cheese. macho cheese. Maybe <laughs> macho I'm just cheese. Uh, Gidget and Drew, what do you think about Predator in round one? I, I think it's one of those movies that's definitely was going to go in round one. I mean, you cannot escape Predator, the awesomeness, as Dave said, the creature effects and the design, and of course, Arnold just yelling, like, get to the chopper. 
Run! Go! Get to the chopper! I was about to say, who's who's got the best Arnold impression for me? Love this. Come on. Who's got one? Get to the chopper! Get down! Now! <laughs> Who Gid- is your daddy? Come on, Gidget. Come on, Gidget. We, I, know I, you got, we know you I got am one. Dis- I am so disadvantaged on this run because it's just going to be, um, yeah. Get to the chopper. Here we go. <laughs> nice. You, nice. You, you, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Well, I had to grow some balls to do that. Oh, there you go. With balls. So Dave took Predator here in round one, which means Gidget has her first pick of the draft. Gidget, what are you going with? Okay. All right. I'm torn between – oh, God. I'm torn between like 10. Um, but I am going to do this because I owe him – I owe Paul over at the Countdown Podcast this because he is still beat up that Drew beat him. <laughs> so I I am going to go Lethal Weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get. I need to get that sound effect. That's one of my favorite sound effects they do. So lethal it's weapon. Awesome. Yeah, lethal weapon yep. here in round one. Well, why? Why? Why this pick? Oh look, we, I mean, uh, we've podcasted it. We we podcasted Predator as well. We get to do Princess Bride, but um, it, look, it's ju- it's the ultimate um, buddy cop movie. It's a perfect buddy cop movie and the way that um, Mel and Danny just f- feed off each other so well. No wonder they did a couple more sequels because it is, it's just got that rawness about it. Um, I'm, I'm always going to be a huge Mel Gibson fan. Sorry, everybody. I just am. Um, and, and I just think it's, it's one of his best movies. I know people might say Braveheart and stuff like that, but I just think, you know, it, again, it's got a really good comedy. There's still comedy in it. Uh, their relationship and all that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I, to, to me, Lethal Weapon is a perfect movie, and I know that I'll get Paul's vote. So there we go. Uh, yeah, that's a real badge, and this is a real fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I absolutely th- – this is my favorite 80s action movie, buddy. I actually like this more than uh, a certain 1988 film that will come up in, in the next couple weeks. But um, – it, like rig, like the, just the juxtaposition of Riggs, like the that crazy manic personality that he is in front of everybody else, and then he's in his trailer drinking alone in his underwear, watching cartoons with a gun in his mouth, ready to pull the fucking trigger. I mean, that's yeah. that's I mean, crazy. I mean, that's a, that that is some. When you watch that movie again, and you watch that scene with Riggs, and he's like putting the bullets in his gun, and he's he's contemplating suicide, and the 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 acting from Mel is just so good and so real and yeah it's just per- perfect perfect so the i'm, point I'm where confident he actually does pull the trigger uh if Murtaugh's thumb doesn't jam in in that hammer at that time riggs was gonna blow his own brains out right there after he jumped off the roof yeah i know and, and uh, actually someone put on twitter the other day uh a, a, a deleted scene from that movie and I, I watched it and often you see a lot of deleted scenes and you think Good. I'm glad that wasn't put in. They didn't need it. But it was a really good deleted scene at him um, approaching some sniper or something like that. And I'm like, God, that would have been great if they'd have left that in the movie. But and the end of the movie is the most ridiculous, where all the cops are around, and you know, Murtaugh basically tells everyone, "Ah, hold off. I got this. My house, my rules. I'm going to let them fight on my front lawn, shirtless. <laughs> yeah, in any, the rain. Any 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 movie that has an in fight with Gary Busey, I'm already like <laughs> on board just from that. So that that and the love me some Danny Glover, man. He he's great. Uh, Too old for this shit. Great, great in the film as well. So I, I think it's I think it's a great pick. A sure Thank fir- you. first rounder here in eighty seven, which means Drew has the last pick of round one, his first pick of the draft. Drew, what are you going with, man? 
So if we need some uh, defense coming out to the streets, and the the only line I'm going to give to anybody who's going to follow me into 1989, dead or alive, you're coming with me. I'm going with RoboCop. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Oh yeah, you are top top of my <laughs> mock draft list, Drew. Why'd you take it here? RoboCop was something that I grew up watching, and I absolutely loved it. I I always have been fascinated with the ideas of like you know man and machine. No, I mean not to quote like Centurion's Power Extreme, but I mean I just I love <laughs> I loved RoboCop. It was such a fun thing to watch growing up and. Man, it's just, it's so cool to watch uh, Peter Weller, like, you know, just take on this role and still try to become human, despite the fact of all the limitations and hindrances that were put on him. Uh, and let's not forget that it originally had an NC-17 rating and uh, yeah, was I, amazingly I, I, bloody. I was about to say, as, as a kid, I knew RoboCop as like one of the first R-rated movies I saw and just throughout being like, this is super fucking R-rated, guys. This is great. <laughs> you know, as a young kid, this is really violent and I love it. So, I mean, like I said, it was the top of my list. What does everyone else think about RoboCop? Well, I'll just say, did you guys know he was the colonel for KFC now, too? Did y'all see that? There's yes. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, instantly, I, I instantly used the men in black thing right when after I saw that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to yeah, forget this is. now. <laughs> it tripped me out. No, I mean, this is, uh, this is obviously just uh, an epic just action flick, man. I, I love it. It's got a little bit of sci-fi in there. The robot. I, I mean, it's awesome. It's it's another one that I could have easily taken at number one, to be honest. I mean, it's definitely a first rounder. I think it's a great pick. What do you yeah, guys think time. of like that that whole like uh the the whole messianic message uh, of the movie where like people like break it down and like at the end he's walking on water and stuff like that and he's a man brought back from the life and like apparently RoboCop's an allegory for Jesus with a gun? Hmm. Really? What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's YouTube videos. Look it up. Yeah, that's like a yeah. it's like a thing. Like people people take like this messianic message from it. It's a uh, pretty crazy. That's interesting. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Because when you're as nerdy as we are, there's nothing left to do when you've watched these movies a hundred, two hundred times, than to start picking <laughs> at anything. Could to make this it be more God? interesting to yourself? <laughs> yeah. There, there are other films, guys. You could watch other movies, you know. So, uh, RoboCop again, great pick here in round one. But it's time for round two, which means Drew gets another pick. What are you going second, Drew? So, second round, I've I've got to go comedy. I've got to go laughter. I've got to go probably one of the most quotable movies of 1987, aside from The Princess Bride. I'm going Spaceballs. Well, it's appropriate because I am surrounded by assholes. <laughs> uh, f- f- wonderful film, wonderful pick, Drew. W- what about Spaceballs? You you couldn't let it go. Oh gosh, man! I mean, going with you know Mel Brooks, the the lovable John Candy as Barf. I mean, you you, you gotta love it. It's super funny. It's parodying Star uh, Star Wars. I don't know. It's it's one of those things that's inescapable and definitely at the top of my list when thinking of movies that is Mel Brooks. I mean, you know, toss aside uh, Blazing Saddles and, you know, History of the World. I mean, Spaceballs is right up there for me. 
funny. You don't look Jewish. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I didn't want to say it myself. <laughs> Get it? Because your name's Drew. It's got the awesome Rick Moranis in it. And I, um, I honestly, it's really hard to think of a movie that he's not good in. Oh, he, he's amaz- he, amazing in this movie. Amazing. Love him. Love him. Mel, Mel Brooks actually regrets a lot of the jokes in this movie. Uh, he thinks that he went a little too anti-Semitic in his jokes for this movie. Just like, just looking back on it, and and like some interviews that he's done looking back on it, I was like, really? I I love this movie. I don't think I don't think you went too far. If anything, Blazing Saddles is where you went too far. But. Oh, just a bit. You can't ever go too far if it's funny. That's true. That, that's it's the true. basis. You know, as long as it's funny, that nothing you can joke about anything. As far as I'm concerned, but and also it was 1987. Who were we worried about <laughs> offending then? Exactly. Right. Right. Uh, I I don't know about you guys, but as a kid, my favorite scene out of Spaceballs was always the combing the desert scene. Man, we ain't find <laughs> shit. Oh, t- <laughs> Tim Russ. <laughs> oh, but yeah, like like Drew said, so many quotable lines. Such a good movie. You know, so. And and holds up as well. Great pick, Drew. Gidget, you got your round two pick. What are you going with round two? Okay, this is when it gets really, really, really tough. And I am I'm I'm going to I'm torn. I'm going to go the Untouchables. Yep, I've got to go the Untouchables. Oh, jeez. Well, yeah, I think it's a perfect movie. Gidget just Uh, pulled a knife on me. I'm going to put a gun on her. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, the Untouchables in round two. Uh, why? Why here? Why did you pick this one, Gidget? Uh, look, I was I, again, as I said, I was really, really torn. Um, but uh, the Untouchables for me is a movie I watch every single year. I, I just think um, it brilliant cast. I, I know it wasn't historically correct. If everyone wants to sort of overanalyze it a bit, um, but who cares? It's, it's just. You know, uh, it's from one of my favorite filmmakers. And I love uh, Kevin Costner. I, I, you know, Sean Connery is just brilliant in it. And Andy Garcia, you know, I'm, I'm, I love Andy Garcia and he still looks good now. I have to say, I'd still do Andy Garcia now. I just had to get that out of the way. <laughs> Settle down there, Gidget. Mel Gibson, I, what are your I'm just, hush, I'm you I'm to the morgue. <laughs> Don Johnson, too. I'd still do him. So if either of you guys want to show up to my house, hey, I'm here. Um, so. <laughs> Cut to them all showing up to Gidget's house, apparently. I'd say maybe together. I think they know each other. <laughs> they, they might, I'll have to send my partners to the supermarket or something. Um, but, um, yeah, no, no, The Untouchables, brilliant. Soundtrack, brilliant score to the movie, and I, I can't fault it. So that that is my round two pick. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Just send your partner out to find a Medea movie since they don't exist out there. He'll be looking forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what, what does everyone think about uh, this in round two? I mean, I think I think it's an awesome movie. I haven't seen it in way too long. It's probably been about ten years since I saw this flick, but I love the whole kind of like gangster films anyway. So Kevin Costner's great. I feel like Sean Connery won an Oscar for this. He was just amazing in that in that role. Uh, it's a great film. Great film. I would it wouldn't have been on my radar probably to like round four personally, but um, it's just it's an epic. I mean, it's one of the best. Yeah, I'd say like one round too high. Yeah, it, it's a little it's a little lower on my list, but. You know, 
I, I, I try not to doubt Gidget and her, you know, her oh, drafting she knows what ways. She's doing, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> she, oh, yes. There's 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 no worrying about Gidget. <laughs> yeah, this is how accurate. I literally I've got my list and I closed my eyes and just spun my finger around and went and put it down on the paper and I went, right, it's closest to that one. I'm going with that one. <laughs> oh, well, that is a strategy. That is a strategy. So Dave Dave, you took uh Predator in round one. What are you going round two? Yeah, so I'm going to need to go to the judges on this one because uh, you always say Google, uh, IMDb, Wikipedia. Two of the three of those say 1987. One says 1986. Uh, Then I was informed that... It came out in a smaller release in 86, national-wide release. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, wait. Hold on one sec. So mm-hmm. we usually say those three places. So if it's a majority, I in my eyes, majority rules. If it's two out of three, that's what I would go with. And Fair everyone, enough. Everyone should know and, that and it, as well. And it so. wasn't taken in 86. So I'm going with Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Uh, this is my favorite of the Evil Dead trilogy. I absolutely love this movie. I think it it, it really came into its own, uh, where the first one like didn't blend the horror and comedy as well as as this one did. I think this is where Sam Raimi was really perfecting those odd camera angles that he was going for. He, he really perfected the just just the tone that he was going for, and the character of Ash was perfectly you know perfected here with Bruce Campbell. And I think for me, like what really makes it memorable, it all just comes down to that scene where the hand gets infected and he's beating the shit out of each other, smashing plates over his head, doing front flips, and you know he cuts off his own hand, puts it under a bucket, and puts a farewell to arms on top of it. <laughs> And that just cracks me up to no end. And then I, I, I love this is one of the few movies where like I actually watch the commentary for because the commentary is hilarious. It's Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell just reminiscing about how Sam Raimi tortured the ever loving shit out of Bruce Campbell the entire time <laughs> while filming these movies. <laughs> yeah, so good. Can we can we retroactively like go back in time and give him an Oscar that year because the dude just like made his cheddar in that movie basically, which I'm sure wasn't very much, but he really went there. And I mean, I I mean I love Evil Dead too, even. Even Chrissy loves Evil Dead too. That's how good that movie is. So everybody loves Evil Dead too, except my co-host Jay, who had it for movie homework and hated it. Like hated it in the same way that Chrissy and Lauren hated Big Trouble. Oh, so. I thought we were gonna go a whole draft without hearing that 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 title of that movie. But there we go. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Who hates Big Trouble in Little China? My wife and Justin's wife and Chrissy. <laughs> oh my God, the shame! Yeah, the go, shame you go, must feel. Shame, go, shame, shame. Go back, oh. to, well, go back to that clearly episode. I was born on the wrong continent with the wrong lover. I should have been born over there with you, Gidget. Uh, <laughs> I, I was about to say. Well, people, I'm not married. And so, Don hey, Johnson, come on over. Oh. <laughs> and Andy Garcia. Mel Gibson. Yeah, I, I, Andy I Garcia. Marriage licenses transcend international rules, right? And international <laughs> yeah. laws. No. Uh, is is everyone cool with Evil Dead Two here in round round two? Yes. Awesome oh yeah, very I was much going so. to be taking it. Absolutely. I have. I haven't. I haven't watched it with the commentary though. So I am going to be doing that tonight. You need because, to. It's yeah. I know. Hilarious. Yep. Like, I'm fixing that. 
Bruce Campbell was literally strapped to the front of that brown Oldsmobile, and then they just drove it through the woods, and every time he's getting hit in the face with a branch, it's Sam Raimi smacking him with a branch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. It's like the scene from The Birds where they're throwing the the chickens in the in the attic. Yeah. Chickens. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's like uh, Quentin Tarantino and the female stars of his movies. But he's choking them. Jesus. Or, or, or having wow. them drive into treat. We, we just this went dark. very, very dark. I'm just filming their fate. Life I'm sorry. Fate. I'm still, you know, last wow. episode we really went into the darkness. So uh, I'm, I'm coming back, guys. I'm back. Okay. Uh, we've come back to the guy with a baby. He's been he's been chilling. Oh God! He he probably went and got a a, fee, a feed in. Uh, Gerald, what are you going with round two, dude? Oh man, I feel like I need to call my therapist. Uh, I'm not sure what to do here. Uh, so, <laughs> I if I'm gonna go with my heart, then I'm just gonna pick. Okay, so let me let me set it up this way. So my two personal favorite movies that I watch all the time just have a rewatchability factor of a 100 on a 100 scale for me. Our Princess Bride and this movie, I don't think that it would last until my next pick. I really don't. And like I said, I'm going to get my two favorite movies from that year. So I'm going to take the Coen Brothers classic, Raising Arizona, with Nicholas Cage. 100% would have made it another round. Would it? Would it? (laughs) I just love it. Gerald, Gerald, it's high. I I got it high on, on my list, man. Tell us why you love it. I mean, it's one of the first 80s movies that I just fell in love with, and I just watched over and over and over again. It it's, it introduced me personally to Nicolas Cage. I mean, I was like 12 or 13 at the time, and I, it was just so cool to be seeing it. It was such a unique brand of humor, and the Coen brothers have a knack for that even today. You know, when you look at other films that they've done, they have a very similar kind of shtick that they stick to. But, I mean, Nicolas Cage is just amazing. John Goodman's in there. It's a, it's a really cool kind of, you know, old west kind of caper, but it's taking place in the 80s and uh I just it just makes me feel good, man. I just I get a trip out of just thinking about Nicolas Cage with the accent, Holly Hunter. Oh, and, she you know, she is so good in that movie. <laughs> I love him so much. I know you do, honey. I love him so much. <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I, and everybody listening, I absolutely know that this is high. I, I didn't see it lasting until the end of the next round. Maybe it would have, but I just love it so much. Like I said, along with The Princess Bride, those are my two favorite movies out of the 25 or so that I have listed here. So to be able to get both of them, and Justin, you know me, man. My list is all heart. It's not going to be any pandering or anything like that. So these are the movies I love. So. That's why I had to go with it, man. You you can mix some head in there too, Gerald. I know you ha- you're yeah, not sleeping as much, but this is for this is a tournament, man. This is for I know this is for all all you know everything, man. So, but I I I love the movie. I have it as like a late second round or early third rounder. So you're you're right right on it here. So we'll we'll see what everyone thinks. If you've never seen Raising Arizona, check it out. Check oh, it out. It's an awesome, awesome movie. Hilarious, hilarious movie. Like, just really makes me laugh out loud every time I see that movie. So, Gerald, it's time for round three. And you, you get another pick off of this one, man. What are you going uh, with your third pick? All right. So, uh, people that know me closely, which is pretty much everybody on this panel, to be honest, knows that I'm a horror fanatic. So, I got to get some horror love in there. I'm going to start with this one. Uh, I got to see this on the big screen last year, like an encore performance at my local Alamo Draft House. I've always loved this movie. I'm going to go with The Lost Boys as my next pick. Crown, little sister, 
I still believe. I still believe in you, Gerald. Tell us why, dude. <laughs> did you you didn't lose you didn't lose belief or you just <laughs> You didn't no, lose belief in it. No, man. It's, it's the, uh, everyone knows I, Lost Boys is one of my favorite movies of all time, man. That's all I hell, do is talk about Lost Boys. Go ahead, dude. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, you know, the, I mean, just the theme song alone. I mean, Get Your Divide, I've talked about that in the past before, just the music to, from this movie. But, you know, Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, uh, Diane Weist, a young Diane Weist. It's just, it's a really, you know, it's it's a vampire store, obviously, and it's, kind of a a drama surrounding all these main characters but it's kind of horrific at the core but it takes kind of like a soft approach to horror which i think is really cool it's just kind of like an ominous feeling throughout the movie and it definitely feels 80s too which i love i mean it it stands up in my opinion like i said i just saw it again last year and to see it on the big screen which is something i never got to do because i was too young to see this when it came out originally it was just really cool, but I, I just have very fond memories of this movie, and I think it stands the test of time. It's one of my favorites. Uh, qu- quick short story. So everyone, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably listen to some of our other episodes where we catch up Chrissy with movies she's never seen before. So uh, one day, a couple years ago, I was taking a shower, and the Lost Boys soundtrack was on, and Chrissy came in the bathroom. She's like, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the main, it's like, the and I'm like singing along. I'm like, Lost Boys. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like Lost Boys. She's like, what? And like, fast forward two weeks, we're watching the Lost Boys, and then I think we did an episode with Dan and Cody about it. But she, 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 uh, she didn't like it as much as me. But it's definitely one of those ones that you had to catch at the time. Like as a kid, the Lost Boys was like one of the best movies of all time. Like it was. So uh, it, it was next on my 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 draft list. So I think it's a great pick. Does everyone else love the Lost Boys too? Love it, love it. Yeah, Jamie Gertz is beautiful. Uh, Keith Sutherland doing what he does best, playing a baddie in the eighties. He's just good. Him and James Spader sort of owned that that sort of thing in the eighties. And uh, I've met the sax player. That's Tina Turner's saxophone player, actually. Um, and yeah, I've yeah met him. Um, it's, look, it's a it's a really nice twist on the whole vampire thing. It was very groovy. It was very cool. It was very updated. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a really top movie. And I'm really bummed that. I- you took it from me. Uh, the the Corys, we, we just talked about yeah, it, the Corys yeah. recently, and that we're all kind of scared that they're about to do a, a TV series of this. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, a lot of love for the Lost Boys. So, uh, Dave, you got your round three pick. What are you going with, man? You are pukes. You're lowest forms of life on Earth. You're not even human fucking beings. You're, not even, <laughs> you're nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit. Going with Full Metal Jacket, man. Stanley Kubrick. Absolutely fantastic movie. Love this movie. Uh, great pick. Why this in round three, Dave? Uh, I think this was like the first war movie that like I saw that wasn't a war movie. I think this was my, the first movie I saw that was about the Vietnam War um, and that really had like a message of humanity behind it. And uh, I got to study it when I was doing film classes in college and stuff like that. And I, you know... Um, we wrote like, I, I had to write like an entire paper on the duality of man and how, you know, he, he's got born to kill on his helmet, but also a peace sign and stuff like that. And just this, this duality of who they are, uh, inside and who they have to be over there in war and, you know, how that completely changes you. And also just like the, the entire mental breakdown that you're watching these soldiers go through at the hands of Arlie Army. I mean, it's absolutely 
It's absolutely crazy, but I, I, I love this movie. And Arlie Ermey's one-liners are just fucking fantastic. He's, he's so missed. I love that guy. I mean, is there another drill sergeant that anybody would put above him in film? Like he's always, oh, he's always the number no one way. guy. No he way. He even got to reprise this role in Peter Jackson's The Frighteners, where he was literally the same character, but <laughs> <Yep>. dead. <laughs> yep. Uh, is everyone else on board? Full Metal Jacket here in round three? Oh, hands down, yeah. It's such a great film. I mean, when when I was growing up, like, my dad was in Vietnam, and we watched this movie together, and he just looked at me off to the couch when I was, like, 10 years old, and he's all like, this is accurate. This is exactly what my drill sergeant was like. Do not mistake this. <laughs> what is that? What the fuck is that? A jelly donut? A jelly donut? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just I was just looking at my draft list and looking at the board. I'm like, this has kind of been a love fest so far. Like, there's so many good movies. Nobody has really slipped up. We've pre- I, we've gone pretty much down my draft list so far. So um, we'll we'll see if that continues with Gidget here in round three. What do you got, Gidget? Okay, I, I'm really really happy no one took this. So I am going to go full blown comedy. Uh, we podcasted it just recently, and I am going with the wonderful Steve Martin, John Candy, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. But Gotta it's not do even it. Thanksgiving. You're killing me, Gidget. You're killing me. <laughs> Literally next next on my list. Well, why why here, Gidget? It's it's a really heartfelt. It's look. It's it's a, it's strange because you consider it a comedy, but actually, when when you really sort of watch it and analyze it, um, it's not a full blown comedy. It's not spaceballs. Um, there's some very very emotional parts in it, and I cry every single time at the end of that movie. It doesn't matter if I'm watching that movie. I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not. It just the music, that song at the end when he suddenly realizes, you know, that John Candy's there back at the 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 train station and, and and the penny drops for Steve Martin's character and he goes back and then he finds out that, you know, his wife's dead. Um, and it's just so it's so emotional and I just think it's a, it's a charming movie. The two of them work really well together. Again, really good on-screen chemistry, just like, you know, Mel and Danny in Lethal Weapon. The, you can feel that, you know, they're, they're working really well together and it's just a charming movie. So that is my next pick. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me, because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. I like I like me. My wife likes me. <laughs> oh, don't no, don't do it. That, that, yeah, that that scene, man. You just want to oh. hug that guy. Like he's annoying up to that point, and then he just totally turns you, and you know. Oh, John Candy, R.I.P. What a, what a great, I still, great I, actor. I, I still want to strangle him. It's funny watching it watching it lately for the podcast. I, I, being older, I was like, "Yeah, I want to strangle him too." Like, especially that that scene when he's they're in bed in the same motel bed, and he's snoring, and he's turning the light on, and he's he's just doing everything disruptive, and you're just like, "Ah, oh, I just want to," you know. But it, but John Candy's such a good actor; he turns it round so beautifully, and yeah. Two two buddy movies in 1987, and both of them end with inviting the other guy to dinner. Yeah. We, yeah, and get and Gidget's got both of them. Yep, 
Oh, best friends. Friends I, are important. I like guys. being invited to dinner. It's nice. Uh, also, one of the best Thanksgiving films of all time, Playing Strange. Definitely. Isn't yep. it the only Thanksgiving film of all time? Uh, was the home is Home for the Holidays? Is that Thanksgiving? I, I don't. I don't know. I think I, Beethoven had a Thanksgiving movie at one point. Oh, notorious <laughs> Beethoven. Uh, our, our, our buddy, our buddy Dan Hill. His favorite movie of all time, Beethoven. So uh, I, I think it's a great pick. Again, we're we're Thank literally you. literally going down my mock draft list. No surprises really yet. Drew, you got the last pick here in round three. What do you got, man? So round three, since some comedy was taken away from me, and since a fantastic horror movie was taken away from me, I got to go with a slight combo of each and say that my name is Horace, and I'm going with Monster Squad. Oh, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Jeez, I think we just have the same draft list, guys. This is crazy. Next on my list as well. Drew, why the Monster Squad here? It's just one of those things where, I mean, it became an issue of, like, you know, horror movies in the 80s, monumental, groundbreaking, but now you have horror and it's, like, set for kids. It's a tone that doesn't make it too scary. It makes it even relatable and even gives that empowerment to kids to say, like, yeah, we can tackle monsters. Yeah, we can totally tackle monsters. Dude, it is like the formula for Stranger Things just 30 years right. before it. <laughs> right. Uh, um, amazing double feature as a kid with the Goonies as well. You know, I love me some of the Goonies, but Monster Squad is right up there with it, and it's great to watch together. What What is uh, Gidget, what do you think about the Monster Squad? Um... <laughs> oh, a very boy movie. I know. So that's I, why look, I had to, to ask. To be you. fair, I have not seen Monster Squad since the eighties. Uh, so oh. I know, I know the shame. Um, but we've had a lot of requests for it for the podcast, so I will be giving it a rewatch. And I do remember really going to the cinema and seeing it in the eighties and really enjoying it. So there's that. Sounds sounds like you need to have Gerald, Dave, Drew, and Justin on to talk about our love for it. Absolutely. It. <laughs> it's a date. It's a date. Yeah. Uh, G- Gerald, are, are you a fan of the Monster Squad? I mean, who could not of be course. a fan of the Monster of Squad course. of our age? Yeah. I mean, come on. Of, of course, man. I love it. I own it. It's it's a, it's a, it's a feel-good one, man. It, it definitely has a nostalgia feels to it. And like Drew said so poignantly, it's got a little bit of horror and a little bit of family fun. So it's, Every hard, Halloween, it's hard to go like, wrong. Every Halloween uh, from like late high school on until our adulthood, until we had children got married, me and my best friend Kenny would get drunk on Halloween night after all the festivities were done, and we'd watch Monster Squad. It was so much. <laughs> and just quote it the whole time. So good. I thought that was going to so, have a... So I, thought, true. I thought that was about to have a different conclusion. Like you were saying, like we get drunk together. <laughs> it was Halloween night, best friends. No? No. Okay. I have kissed that man before, so <laughs> it could have ended that way. <laughs> I mean, Monster Squad just gets you in the mood, man. You know, friends yeah, in a treehouse, right. creepy German guy. It's a great movie. So uh, uh, it's time for round four, and Drew gets another pick right off of that one. Drew, what do you got? So going from there, I, I have to go with my heart, and I also have to go with a, uh, a very good guilty pleasure, and I have to go Masters of the Universe. Whoa! Whoa! Wow. 
man, this oh. is going to be my round five sleeper. Hey, Drew, we got a real nice cocktail for you to enjoy while you watch this, by the way. Mm. <laughs> wow. So you went from Monster Squad to Masters of the Universe, Drew. You got to explain this for us. Yeah, plot twist. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things where it's it's a movie that totally relates to uh, something that I grew up with. I loved He-Man. I would watch this VHS copy uh, at it at my aunt's when I was growing up. And it's just, it's super fun. I mean, it's Dolph Lundgren. You have Frank Langella and, and like Billy Barty as Gwildor. Who does not love Gwildor? And frankly, if anything, this is going to get me like those diehard, like niche fans out there. <laughs> well, I mean, there's got to be a fan base for it because everyone who votes for movie cocktails for our show, they voted for this. I think they were just trolling us, but we, you know, I had to watch it and uh, it was, I, I remember watching it when I was a kid and then I watched it for that and I was like, oh my God, this is, what is this? <laughs> like in the beginning, <laughs> they try so hard, try so hard for it to be Star Wars like, like you can, I could just see Gollum and Globus just like, just make it like a Star Wars, huh? Um, <laughs> but like, but like in like a small town in like a but, suburb yeah. at night all the time with the nothing one thing I can say truly good about Masters of the Universe is the score is actually really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like I was the one a, thing. Hey, dude, one thing. <laughs> there was probably no bigger He Man fan than me when I was a kid. But if this movie, if you would just taken all the characters and everything and just set it in a different place other than some random ass fucking California town at night, a suburb. I, I would have been cool with it. I mean, Langella, I, he's amazing in that movie. Like yeah. you're, you're like this guy. I thought he was in like a Shakespeare film, and he really like <laughs> chews the scenery in that movie. Like his Skeletor, I would put him in like the the new one that they want to do. I'd be like bring oh, yeah. him back. He was the best thing by far about that film. That, I would tell I would people agree. don't watch don't watch Masters of the Universe. Go watch Electric Boogaloo, the uh, the documentary that's about Canon Films and Gollum and Globus, the producers for all these films in the in the eighties. These B films, like these guys, really thought that they were making like true Hollywood blockbuster cinemas, and they were just so positive on everything that they made. Uh, and then they got their own filthy little meat mitts involved in it, and they screwed up every movie that they've ever made. And it's it's just such a awesome story of of just how you can make it big in america <laughs> uh, with just a try hard attitude <laughs> G- gidget we, we we got your your views on monster school what do you think about masters of the universe <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there with howard the duck for you i feel it yeah it's not, not 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 good and i look i love dolph lundgren i'm a, I'm, I'm a big dolph fan but um yeah not not good she, at she's, all she's, it's She's not inviting. Bad. Wait, are you inviting Dolph over or, or no? May, may as well. Okay, you cool. know, we'll make a party of it. Um, <laughs> he's really intelligent too. Like he's an amazing guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, not not good. Sorry, uh, Drew. Sorry. That's Drew, fine. I'm sorry, we just we all just shit. That's fine. You. That's fine. <laughs> that is that is super. That's the the probably the biggest surprise so far. Masters of the Universe in round four. We'll see, Drew. I, we'll I, see. I even I even think it might lose it for him. Just that. Uh. Just that. Uh, even even if Drew got all the big ones right out of the no, gate, no, I think no, he's he's right. There are people who do really look back on this fondly, knowing that it's bad. It it has almost made that turn to so bad. It, it it's good. Yeah, 
Yeah. So he 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 might be onto something there because I know when we did it for our movie cocktail, it's like our second most downloaded movie cocktail episode. So, wow! There it's, we go. It, it scream. It screams last pick of the entire draft. Not with it like was there's... literally. It's the only <laughs> film I have listed in round five. Was that? <laughs> there, there, there's a there's another one that I would probably put with that, and it's actually the one that we did with Masters of the Universe on the same episode for our podcast. We'll see if that one that one creeps out as well. Gidget, you got your round four pick. What are you going with? I'm going with Fatal Attraction. I just want to be a part of your life. Oh, this is the way you do it, huh? Showing up at my appointment! What am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I'm, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. It's a good one. Classic 80s. Uh, soapy cheese, great. Uh, Michael Douglas. Well, what do you What do you love about this one? I wasn't old enough until this year to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Scared the shit out of every single guy that was dicking around on their wife. I can tell you that right now. All of, all of a sudden, all these mistresses were going. You know, where where is he? We're, you know, waiting at restaurants, going, where's where's the married man I'm meant to be having a rendezvous with? And and every guy just was terrified by this movie. Um, it's just great, great performance from Glenn Close. Uh, the little girl in it is amazing, like so natural, and I just I I love it. I I watch it if it, even if it's on TV and it's halfway through, I've got to sit down and watch it because of Glenn Close's performance. But yeah, I I, I just really I think I think it's a really solid film. And I think all the act, all of them are excellent in it. And um, I, I always, I always found it very funny when he buys Ellen, his daughter, the bunny, and Glenn Close's character Alex has uh, put acid on his car, and he he puts the rabbit in the cage on top of the car on top of the acid. And I'm thinking, I always used to think, well, wouldn't that kill the rabbit? But anyway, the rabbit dies later on anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah a little spoiler alert for my show you know t- we just did top five movie villains and alex Forrest made my top five glenn nice. close is just glenn close is, it's just a clinic in this movie i mean she just portrays that kind of just jaded lover so well and you're right it was such a frightening character but at the same time you kind of felt for her a little bit and what she was going through kind of mentally and her situation and she just, she was, so, I mean, this is another one that she got nominated for that, of course, she didn't win, which made big news this year because she got another nomination that she hasn't won for yet, kind of like DiCaprio. Um, but just and, great. And I mean, other, Fatal Attraction is, is awesome. That, um, the, the, the people that were making the movie, they really didn't want Glenn Close. And, and, and the produ- one of the producers actually said, she's just not attractive enough. No guy is going to have an affair with her because she's not attractive enough. But she just, she, it would be so easy to overplay that role. Uh, you know, many other actresses might have just really overplayed it, but it, th- there is that simmering when she's just sitting against the wall, just turning the light on and off, on and off. You just have to put that gif on Twitter and people are just like, ah, stalker, bunny boiler. And, of course, yeah, that's where the term comes from. Now for women that, that stalk men, bunny boiler. So it created yeah. that. I mean, I mean, guys are created to are attracted to the crazy ones. Am I right, guys? <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. What's up? Uh, <laughs> I mean, from the first scene, like she's got like that really like sexual energy meeting him, and uh, I mean, he's been Michael Douglas has been so in so many movies where he kind of you know dicks around on his wife or his girlfriend, but it's it sounds like like Glenn Close's character in Fatal Attraction saw those all those other movies and it's just like. I'm gonna fuck this guy up. Like it's the the two of them together. It's it's a great it's a great film and obviously a classic of the '80s. You know, spawned so many copycat movies as well. So 
I, I think it's a good pick here in round four. Dave, you got your round four pick. What are you going with, man? Oh, man, I'm spinning my tires. <laughs> I am spinning my tires. So many good ones left. So many good ones. Come on. There there are. And I, you know, I, I was thinking this whole time, man, my heart and my head are in full balance. And now, like, I, I am... I'm looking through these and I was like, that's a fucking awful movie, but God, I love it so much. And I'm going to pick it anyway. Um, I love Harry and the Hendersons. I don't care. Take that big foot home, baby. <laughs> oh. Talking about an emotional film, Dave. It's cool. Right? To, it's cool to love Harry and the Hendersons. Dude, I mean, I love Harry and the Hendersons, man. Uh, I remember this is like one of those movies that just like it's on on like a Sunday afternoon and you have no clue what it is. You just see a, a hairy ape man sitting on a couch and breaking it. And like this John Lithgow just trying to do his damnedest in this movie <laughs> just try, just trying to do something with it <laughs> he's so he's so good in that movie though Lithgow is like you know and again i don't know like the end of the movie i always like when they're like oh you know they, they take harry back and the little kid he's trying to shoo the dog away he's like go go be free <laughs> he comes and he looks back with like the saddest bigfoot look on his face <laughs> That, that's that's the scene that always like stuck out to me, where he's trying to tell him like get out of here, it, and he's trying to save him, and he has to hit him in the face, and you're just like, oh, oh come on, oh, yeah. don't, don't hit Harry. Don't, don't. I always wanted a sequel to this, where like the entire family of like 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 loggers are like tearing down the forest, and, and the entire like Harry and ha- Harry family, like the entire Sasquatch family at the end of the movie, has to live with the Hendersons. <laughs> I always wanted that sequel. They could still do this, man. The lifespan of a Bigfoot's got to be pretty long, dude. Just get li- li- Lithgow in a beard. Like everyone's older, they're just like searching right. through the woods. You know? Lithgow's already got his beard for Pet Cemetery Two or Pet Cemetery Remake. Come on, he's ready. <laughs> Oh no, no, but Harry, get away from that pet cemetery. <laughs> I can't go back to the woods, Harry. The ground is bad. <laughs> Just send him off. Sometimes dead is better. Go die. <laughs> the Hendersons move to next to a pet cemetery. That's, I love it. Is that what he tells Harry when he gets captured by the scientists? Sometimes <laughs> dead is better. Uh, uh. I mean, uh, what does everyone think he about? Smothers him with a pillow. Jesus, <laughs> this is a great, a great family film. Harry and the Hendersons. Come on, that the the scene where they're trying, they're like they, they turn the car into a like an ambulance or something. That Harry puts his <laughs> head out the window and stuff. Oh, come on, yeah, yeah. I, I, this is like one of those. This is an all heart movie. Like I just, it's just one of those movies that like I just happened to catch at one point, and I, I just fell in love with it. And uh, it's just, it's just pure joy. There's just joy in it i love it awesome awesome well we're, we're we've wound all the way back around to the other mr hart in this draft gerald yeah you got your round four pick man what are you going with yeah man there's so many left right i know you probably have a huge list in front of you there justin um i i, I get two back to back yeah so i know what i'm going to end the draft with and kind of a little homage i'm going to end with but for number four i'm struggling but you know what I also love this movie. Uh, I feel like it's it's one of the better, especially if you look back in the era, like in the eighties and into the nineties. But better, like music biopics. But I'm going to take La Bamba. Whoa! Yeah. Wow that 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 might be as as surprising as Masters of the Universe in round four. Tell tell us wait, about wait, your- are you are you saying that his uh, his draft is going down in flames? Mm. Is it a crashing plane? We just we just went dark again for La Bamba. There we go. Just, it just took Harry and the Hendersons, bro. 
Hey, hey, I'm a multifaceted human being, all right? <laughs> there are many layers here. <laughs> I mean, I, I fa- I'm fascinated by, I'll just give a little quick spiel. I mean, I'm fascinated by just music biopics in general. And this is before they blew up. I mean, now we get them every year. There's something coming out. But, you know, we didn't get a lot of those in the 80s and really even into the 90s. And this is, yeah, exactly. That's coming up. But, you know, this, I mean, the story of Richie Valens is really kind of a tragic, just a rags to riches story that just happened way too fast. And of course, of course, it's over dramatized for the movie. And I understand that. But I mean, honestly, if you just think of the simple, you know, trope that's in the film that he's scared to fly, he doesn't want to fly. And he is confronted with that one scenario with Buddy Holly. And it's the day that music died. That's what it's referred to. Uh, in history, that's how it's referred to that night, and he got on that plane. Arguably, it's the only time he got on a plane, and, and it crashed, and he died. So it's a very tragic story. I mean, I cry when the mother finds out that he dies, and she hears it on the radio. You guys know that scene when, uh, by, by the way, the guy that plays his brother, Bob, is just tremendous in that movie. But when he comes running over to the house, and the mother's in the backyard just bawling, and she's hearing it on the radio for the first time. I mean, it's a very emotional movie, but it's, you know, leading up to that point, it's a lot of fun. It's got, it's a period piece. So it's got that fifties kind of like, you know, poodle skirt vibe and everybody's having a good time. And it was a simpler time. And Richie Valens music is really good. And it's a really good story. I know that this is a dark horse, but I just love this movie, man. I, I think it's a great music biopic. What does everyone think about La Bamba in round four? The wrong one died. Sorry, I just had to do Dewey Cox. Um, this, is, yeah, it's a it, that's a very very good movie. I was going to ask you, Gerald, what do you think of Sweet Dreams? Have you seen I that? Know. I don't think Patsy I have. Klein? No. Oh really? no, I have not. I've heard. I know. Jessica I know what you're Lane? talking about, but I have not seen it. But I know what yeah. you're talking about now. Yeah, you need to check it out. I'd be curious to see what you think because I'm doing that f- uh, as a podcast for my mum's birthday. But La Bamba is good, like great music. Um, and again, yeah, Patsy Klein, same thing. Died, died in a plane crash as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good, good music, good acting. It's uh, yeah, I, I didn't have it on my list, but it is. I completely forgotten about it. So yeah, good. I was about to say, you know, uh, I need to revisit this one, but I, I mainly remember Lou Diamond Phillips, of course, was was great in the role and the song, which was ubiquitous at the time. I remember having the 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 cassette single. Remember cassette singles, guys? Holy yeah. crap! Yeah, so, it was huge. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that La Bamba song was huge. huge. I totally had Green Day as cassette singles. <laughs> what <You> else? <laughs> those those young people. I was, pe- I was angsty seven year old. <laughs> young people don't know what we're talking about. So guys, huge. It's it's round five time. So Gerald might have taken La Bamba a little high in my eyes in round four. We're gonna see how he ends up his draft here in the wild card round. This is eighty seven. There are several. Amazing films in my eyes still left here to be picked. What are you going to go with, Gerald? You're right, man. Way too many and way too many that shamefully are not going to get mentioned because there's only obviously, what, four more picks left. So I agree with you, but I'm going to round out with uh, my horror love and one of the greatest slashers to ever be on the big screen is Freddy Krueger. And in 1987, The Dream Warriors was released. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and that's going to be my final pick. The 
this is my favorite Freddy movie, and I hate you right now so much. Yep, yep. You know, it's it's one. Of, it's aside from the original, it's very very close second. But I agree with you. Some of the best kills, though. I mean, some of the best kills. You know, the head into the TV screen <laughs> for for starters, just a very iconic image from the world of horror. But I mean, Freddy. You know, he was different, man. I mean, I'm I'm a Michael Myers guy. Don't get me wrong, and, and Jason and all those dudes, but. Freddie was different, man, because he was so charismatic, right? He was funny. <laughs> it was almost like you wanted to see him and like kind of talk to him, but then you're like, oh, shit, he's going to kill me, you know, because I'm dreaming. Uh, but, you know, Robert England just killed it. He recently had a guest spot on the Goldbergs, which is a really funny sitcom I watch. <laughs> that was cool to see him reprise the role of Freddie on there. But just iconic, man. Just will go down in horror folklore forever. And like you said, Dave, I mean, this is a very, very, very close to being my favorite nightmare movie. It's a very close second for me. I'll go even farther. Not only my favorite nightmare movie, my favorite horror movie. You got me back, Gerald. Good job. Hey, I brought it back. There it is. Uh, Amazing film in my eyes. Super obsessed with this as a kid. Talking about, you know, a bunch of kids beating the fuck out of Freddy. How do you not love that movie? (laughs) Right. Uh, so I'm yeah. I'm amazed it it it, it lasted till round five. Again, it's my favorite horror movie, so I have it really high on my list. Was there one thing about this? I already said I would have. This was my pick. So, uh, Dave, yeah, it's sorry, it's Dave. a fun movie. Yeah, I I did have this on my list. Obviously, the first one I I prefer. Um, but this is when Freddie gets really chatty. Like he he didn't have the same sort of chat box nature with regarding yeah. the first one and this and the third one is when his personality really came out and really made him likable because when you th- you think of all the others um that they don't say a, a word so all of a sudden there's this like serial killer and plus it's the ultimate nightmare that you know you can you can avoid going into the woods you can avoid going into the water but you can't avoid sleeping so to me when i saw these movies in the 80s just terrified me i i had I, I did the same as Nancy in the first one. I had coffee next to me, and I don't even drink coffee. I had coffee thing next to me, you know, and my mom's going, you got, you got to go to sleep. You know, you can't just, you know, it's a movie. Just get over it. But that, that to me was truly terrifying. But this, this had more fun to it, you know. Yeah, yeah his, and, his and, charisma really showed up. He, he really became just a character. And Yeah, I mean, it was it's like your nightmares. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it's your nightmares, and it's like, you hear those stories of, you know, if you die in your dream, you die in real life. If you fall off a building and you don't wake up before you hit the ground, then, you're, you know, you're going to have a heart attack or whatever. So, you know, Wes Craven and those guys really took that idea and just literally created kind of a a world and a character that lived within your nightmares that was a nightmare. Um, and it, I, I perf- from all the slashers, my number one is Michael Myers. But Freddie is a close second for me. He's just got the charisma, man. He's just really funny. And it's just fun to watch, you know. Uh, the best kills of the franchise. Uh, the the that final like skeleton fight, like the Harryhausen type mm-hmm. skeleton fight. Yeah. Love. I mean, like I said, I think it's great. So, um, Dave, it was stolen from you. I'm sure you're seething over there. What are you going to end your draft on, man? No, man, because I got I got I got my second horror pick. Ooh. I guess I would say I'm going to go with Clive Barker's, you know, sadomasochistic. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! The film, that, the, the film that introduced us to Cenobites, uh, and uh, I'm gonna go with Hellraiser, man. Son uh, of a bitch! All right, all right. Very, very wild card. Love you some Hellraiser. Why'd you pick it, uh, dude? Uh, this, like, I, I'm really big into 
obviously dark things, the macabre and stuff like that. I, as much as I love Harry and the Hendersons and all the lighthearted shit, I really like to get down gritty and just torture some fucking people. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like, I love nothing more than just sometimes just some, some gratuitous torture in movies, you know? Um, and I really like when it's put on display for me and it's, uh, it's on display here, man. And nothing, nothing is more frightening, you know, other than, I guess, a guy in a green and red sweater with a fucking gardener's hat. I guess that's scary. Or a, a, a guy who shows up dressed in leather with fucking nails in his face. That's scary. <laughs> I, I, I know. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this movie with Drew. You, you love Hellraiser as well, correct? I do. I, I love Hellraiser. I love uh, Barker's novella, The Hellbound Heart. And I actually have a lament configuration in my classroom, like sitting up on my uh, bookshelf behind my desk. It's such a fun movie and just such quotable lines. I mean, the whole like, and Jesus wept. I mean, it's the irony of like putting it in the movie. But I love, I love Pinhead just going, you know, demons to some, angels to others. And we have such sights to show you. Also a lover of this movie, very surprising, um, is, is my wife Chrissy, because we, we mention it every time we go to the mall, because throughout this movie when we watched it, she thought the, the Cinnabites were called the Cinnabons. Cinnabons. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yum. Uh, like, like the yum, yeah, the yummy cinnamon roll place mm-hmm. that you find at the mall. So she established this whole backstory about how the Cinnabites actually worked at the Cinnabon, and it was a very frightening situation, but we, we love that movie. I, I love the second one as well. It goes downhill after that one, though, in terms of the franchise, but it truly uh, does. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. But this one it, it is does. great. It's great. And it was, it's, it's great enough that Cabin in the Woods even gives it its own nod along yes. with, yeah. you know, yes. Evil Dead. And that's like one of the most plausible moments in any movie when they have that entire list on the board of all the different ways that the teenagers in the cabin can die. I must have paused that like a hundred different times just to get all the different things. And I'm still wondering what Kevin is to this day or who Kevin is. Oh, man. Great film. Great I, film. I, I heard it was, um, uh, Home Alone. Yes, that's because that's, that's, he was such a monster in Home Alone. Yeah, uh, yeah that was yeah, the rumor. That, yeah. Little did yeah. they know, Macaulay Culkin looks far scarier now than he did then. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> he puts he puts Pinhead and Freddy to shame. Like if he just showed up in anything, I'd be like, "Yep, just take whatever you want and kill whoever you want. Just let me live." Oh man. Well, if you guys are paying attention here in round five of the wild card round, there's been a run on horror films. We got two in a row here. Gidget gets the. Her last pick here in round five of the draft. Gidget, are you going to go horror? Are you going to go to another genre? What do you got? Uh, I'll tear your soul apart. Um, I am <laughs> going to go with Steven Spielberg movie, um, Christian Bale's very first movie. I'm going with Empire of the Sun. I have to do it. It is a, a brilliant movie. Uh, we're, we'll, haven't done it on the Retro Cinema podcast yet, but it's going to be a two-parter for sure because it's just such an epic film and it's it just feels so real uh, and it's it's actually one of my favourite Steven Spielberg movies. I'd, I'd have it, I'd have it, I'd have it actually in top five. Wow. Um, mm, mm. So I was I was just waiting because I, I completely I was going to have it even higher up, but I, and then I'm like, yay! No one picked Empire of the Sun, so I'm that's I'm going with that. Christian Bale is phenomenal in it, and I remember seeing it, and I remember thinking that kid is going to go on to be a big star, an abusive big star. <laughs> Batman. He's going to go on to be Batman. Batman. Oh. That's Batman. Um, uh, yeah. So what, what does everyone think about this pick in round five? 
I haven't womp, seen it womp, since womp, the womp. 80s. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a long time. Oh, I have not. I have not Ooh. seen it in forever. Uh, I do remember Christian Bale stood out to me though. No, it's a fantastic movie. It's just no one remembers it. <laughs> that's, I do. That's, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and 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 I I really do. I really do love this movie. And it's it's kind of like Spielberg's like one of his first for him movies that he made because Spielberg you know famously has one for, one for him, one for them. Like he makes the popcorn yeah. flick, then he makes the one for himself. This is one well, of the like first Calipurple. times he really did one for himself. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Drew, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, I, I vaguely remember the film. I haven't probably there seen it in like 20 years. <laughs> it's been wiped from everyone's brain. Well, uh, yeah. Rewatch we'll it, guys. Come on, do yourselves a favor. Rewatch it because I think, uh, I think especially as a man, I think you'd, you'd relate well, to vote, remembering ooh, the age. for this contest first and then rewatch it. So that way Gidget gets zero love for it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Drew has the last pick. Uh, of the whole 87 draft drew what what do you got to end this thing on uh so many so many of my choices were were taken from under me but uh i you know what i cannot yeah, that's, that might be why i put you on fourth <laughs> i i'm i'm gonna guess so i'm gonna guess so but <laughs> i think i cannot be the only person to walk away from this draft with a vietnam movie so i'm gonna go with good morning vietnam with mr robin williams good morning Little sentimental Robin Williams pick. Why this with the last pick? It was honestly like one of the first Robin Williams films that I grew up watching because, again, like history with my dad, like going to the war. And I, I grew up with such a fascination for the man. And he, he is still to this day my hero. And even my my students were studying the 60s and Vietnam War. And I actually showed this to them over the summer. And it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun to show them this. And it's it's just a good movie. Young Forrest Whitaker. And I mean, you just and again, more quotable lines and just a fun character for uh, Robin to play. What did the kids think of the movie? You know, they actually liked it. They they kind of they they, they enjoyed it. It was funny. Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like overly violent for them or anything. It was just it was very insightful uh, to give them that experience. Nice. What does everyone think about Good Morning Vietnam? Love I love this. Great film. Great film. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. Robin Williams, man. I mean, you can't go wrong. Rest in peace. And funnily funnily enough, it's looked upon as a comedy, but it is a bit like planes, trains, and automobiles, whereas there is more more emotional scenes. Like his whole rant when he does that entire routine on the radio and he I I heard that Robin Williams went off the cuff, of course. Um, you know, if you if you compare all the funny moments compared to the really emotional moments, it's about fifty fifty. Right, like planes, trains, and automobiles. So yeah, it's got I, I, I would say it's a drama with with moments mm-hmm. of yes. comedy. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's when he puts on that that persona when he's on the microphone that like he's that 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 there's fun, there's levity and stuff like that. But he's bringing comedy to. I mean, let's where a place where there is no laughter. Yeah, and I Bruno mean, Kirby is so horrible in it. He's oh right, just, right. Oh. oh. Definite, definite, uh, a big one for me. Um, going too soon. Robin Williams, love that movie. So let's let's read this board out, guys, because this is very important that we get this straight. So here's what everyone's got. Gerald has The Princess Bride, Raising Arizona, The Lost Boys, La Bamba, and Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors. Dave has Predator, Evil Dead Two, Full Metal Jacket, Harry and the Hendersons, and Hellraiser. Gidget has Lethal Weapon, The Untouchables, 
Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Fatal Attraction, and Empire of the Sun. And Drew has RoboCop, Spaceballs, The Monster Squad, Masters of the Universe, and Good Morning Vietnam. What does everyone think about their list? I'm happy with it, yeah. I'm very happy with mine. I'm really, really, really happy. I mean, I've got some still sitting there looking at me going, why didn't you pick me? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel that's a, round, that's a good rounded list. And um, well, it's just the Masters sex. of the Let's Universe, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's there's the thing. Left. That's so, the thing. There's just too many damn movies that year, man. There's so many good ones. So we, we've been trying to do this lately. We're going to do – this is not going to be official. It's not going to be on the draft board. But we're going to do a lightning six round just to see if you had one more pick – what you would have gone with. So we're going to, let's, let's get this out quick. Gerald, if you had a, a six pick, what do you picked? Wall Street. Ooh. That, that's definitely uh, totally 80s. I'm surprised that one was a pick tonight. Another Michael Douglas skeevy roll. Dave, Dave, if you had a round six, what do you got? Uh, I, I guess because I can go with my full heart here, I am going to have to go with batteries not included. Yes. Ooh. Good, 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 good. I love this movie. It's just so so loving. Like it's just I I to make me like fall in love with just little metal pancakes. <laughs> and Jessica Tandy. And Jessica Tandy. Oh man, guys, I, ugh, this was just it's like, it's mid- like Cocoon. It's a very similar movie to Cocoon, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. it, except for Cocoon, which I do love, wasn't just mentioned in this Michael Do- Michael Jackson documentary. You know, it's great when batteries and inc- batteries not included comes up in a you know. Oh, jeez, damn it! I'm in my Je- sad space Je- again. Jessica Tandy is like the the <laughs> early. Tandy. She's Jessica like Tandy. she's like the early version of like Mr. Fredrickson from Up. Like she, they're not going to move from their home, oh. and you just have to like you just have to love her. Uh, got to revisit it. Uh, Gidget, if you had one more pick, what are you, what are you going with? Uh, I was torn between uh, three, but I am going to go less than zero. Yes. Oh, uh, love, that. Brent, love that. Love uh, Brent Easton yeah. Ellis, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Rules of awesome, Attraction. Awesome, awesome oh. movie. Great soundtrack. Uh, you got all the big ones in there. Jamie Jamie Gertz, obviously Robert Downey Jr. Um, yeah, it's it's hard going. James Spader being just deliciously wicked. He just did it so well. Um, and, yeah, it's just a really gritty – it's the, the opulence of those those yuppies at that time in L.A., you know, to, all of them wealthy, um, you know, drugs and alcohol and all that sort of thing. And, you know, obviously with Robert Downey Jr., it wasn't much of an acting stretch at the time, but <laughs> he still did a really good uh, good portrayal in that in that movie so yeah that's mine i love i love the way all the uh brent easton ellis books like they all kind of like intertwine a little bit with characters who appear in less than zero then appear in rules of attraction uh and then characters from rules of attraction are also in american psycho so like i it's just it's this weird little like ellis universe that exists um and the movies are all so like far spread apart that like you don't make the connections unless you watch them like all in a row and, I think uh, he. I think he got picked on by rich kids at school or something. Yeah, at it, some it point, like. he must have. Yeah. He he's he is a rich kid, so he understood their world. But he he yeah. was always on the outside of it, looking in. <laughs> uh, he's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him at all. He's a douche. So, uh, Drew, Drew, one more pick. You got one. What were you taking? 
there's quite a few left that, I mean, I would probably choose, and maybe one I would go with my heart, but get so much shit for. But I'm going to go with uh, little Goldie Hawn, little Kurt Russell, Overboard. Yes. That, that would have been a good one. That, that's have, what have you guys have, have you against that mustaches? Awful, have you, guys, <laughs> you guys clearly hate Tom Selleck's mustache. No one wants to bring a baby. <laughs> yeah, the number one uh, uh, top grossing film of 87 wasn't It picked. was. It was. Yeah. And I avoided it like the plague. Same. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't need a, I don't need a fake ghost boy in the window, which is really like the Ted Danson cardboard cutout. It was the Ted Danson cutout. Yeah, it was actually a cutout. Like they, it was a cutout from Cheers that yeah. was somehow on that sound set. I don't know why it was there. I guess they were using it for stand-ins for like scene takes and stuff like that but <laughs> yeah the, uh, the like the the internet buzz that that started like everyone did you see a ghost yeah in the oh. window <laughs> okay a ghost all right guys so this is this is how crazy this year is so you want to hear some of the films that weren't picked that are at the top of my draft list yeah well, okay we got we got inner space amazing film martin short Dennis quaid inner space over the top one of the best movies about uh, a man's love Arm wrestling for, a man's love for his kid and wants to <laughs> wrestle people to get him back you know but see here's uh, the thing i found that people don't remember those right like, people don't remember inner space no what they should check it check it guys roxanne a great steve martin film in my eyes I, it i do adventures like in babysitting come on yeah guys. this that, that, that one was on I my love. list that, that the was first on my list yeah. It's the yeah, first it's appearance of, of Thor in a movie, <laughs> uh, and then and then one, and then one of the most round five picks ever. This I could have not gone around five without picking this mannequin. One of my favorite Philly boy over there, uh, based in Philly. Th- that's where the mannequin is based. A great film, Dave. You should have picked it. No, no, <laughs> maybe, no. Maybe you um, two can build this dream together. The the movie the movie I should have picked is. Michael Caine's fifth best performance in Jaws the Revenge as Hoagie, the drug smuggler. I mean, they never say he's a drug smuggler, but he says that he flies a plane and he moves things from island to island. So he's clearly a drug smuggler. And that movie paid for his house in Tahiti. When people ask him, yeah. why the hell, you know, with this career yeah. that you've got, were you in that movie? And he said, well, it just paid off my house in Tahiti. He did an interview where he said he is the most watched actor after the hours of midnight in all time zones. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right, let's let's just throw out some films. Anyone missed? Angel Heart. Angel. I love Hearts. Angel Heart. Yep. Wow. How about uh, Police Academy Four: Citizens on Patrol, guys? Solid no. film. One of my yeah. favorite Police Academies. That one in Miami <laughs> Beach. I'm, I'm being totally truthful. Uh, what else? I, mean, I just want to give a I just want to give a shout out to another horror classic that I love that's kind of a rare gem, The oh, Gate. Yes, the great The Gate is good. That's a good movie. Yeah. How about the the, the other uh, Schwarzenegger eighty seven movie, The Running Man? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the, had that on my list. I had The Man um, from Bakersfield. The Witches, the Witches of Eastwick. I had that on. I had Broadcast News. Witches of Eastwick was big. Yep. Yep. Ooh. I had um, yeah, that, Baby. That was Baby actually Boom. one of the top grossing films of the year too. Mm. Holly Holly Hunter again. Uh, Let's see. I love uh, Tom Hanks and Aykroyd and Dragnet. That's one of my faves. Yeah. It, animation uh, animation uh, classic, The Brave Little Toaster. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Oh. Uh, so, so again, uh, Drew took Masters of the Universe earlier, and I mentioned, okay, we paired this movie with another movie from this year that you watch, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Can anyone guess what that movie is? It's at the bottom of my list. 
Drew, come on. Good guess. That you would pair with Masters of the Universe? That the would... Garbage Pail Kids oh, movie. Oh, sweet yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. No. But wait, you guys are missing a movie. <laughs> Which one? Now I've had <laughs> the time of my life. Yeah, and I, I owe to... it all to you. <laughs> It's on my list. I wanted to pick it, but everybody hates on that movie. So oh my I, God, I, I, I knew I'd it. lose votes. I was like, there's I a lot of creepiness in that movie. Yes, there's a lot there of creepiness. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that movie. And I, in the eighties, I went and saw that. That was the first movie I went and ever saw by myself. I think. Um, and the theater was packed, and I I loved it back then. But mm-hmm. it's fallen into that realm of I like it. I don't love it. Mm. Yeah. That's what age can do for you. That's like with Creepshow 2. I mean, I like Creepshow 2, but it's not as good as Creepshow Original. Oh, absolutely. The only thing I remember from Creepshow 2 is The Raft. That's the only thing. The Raft, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that was awesome. uh, But I I don't remember a lot of the rest of it. Didn't Throw Mama from the Train come out? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So, Throw Mama from the Train, Summer School, I got here. Uh, Three o'clock high. The first three o'clock high. The first Bond movie that I watched as a kid was actually The Living Daylights. That was my first Bond film, uh, which is a, a good way to start and then go up from there, basically. So the only reason I remember Throw Mama from the Train is because it has Mama Fratelli in it. Yes. And the, and the entire time I watched that movie, I just kept thinking like of that character. That she's she's Mama Fratelli. Like as a kid, I can't get that out of my head. That oh, that's man. That's the woman that that wanted to hit puree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ernest goes to camp was eighty-seven. Yes. I love uh, Ernest, and I will uh, defend no. it. No, I no, fucking you... hate Ernest movies. That's fine. You can be wrong. <laughs> did, did, did somebody say near near dark? Uh, another great Bill Bill Paxton was That's great good. in that film as well. So. I mean, what we're Get saying is... Dick. It's pathetic. <laughs> it's a different film, Dave. Different film. Uh, what we're saying Snap is... There, there's, a, there's a lot of ones we missed. The, 87 was a great year in film. Obviously, you know, the biggest thing about this episode is we're going to put this draft board and this poll up, and the votes are going to count double uh, this week when we do this because the two highest vote getters in 1987, this is the semifinal round of the tournament, are going to advance to the finals, which is 1989 films. Talking about another great year, so that's going to be exciting. So if you're listening so to this, you're, go. So you're saying there's a chance <laughs> for Drew. We're, we'll see. We'll see. This one's going to be cr- close. Uh, there's a lot of good picks here few surprises as well so like i said the biggest thing go online and and vote for your favorite team in the end i've had a blast i love talking a's films with anyone but these four have been amazing tonight gerald again congrats to you sir thanks for staying up late after just having a baby which is amazing in itself where can we find where can we find you and your podcast online man Thanks, brother. You know, I love being here. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, just follow us on Twitter. It's at two peas on a pod, and that's TWO spelled out. And then you can find us on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. It's just two peas on a podcast. Check us out. Thanks, man. Shout out to you and your boy, Luke. Again, congrats, sir. And yeah. good, good luck here in these polls. Dave from Super Movie Brothers. Dude, where can we find you online? 
Uh, yeah, I don't need to thank Justin because I earned my spot here. So thanks uh, for me winning and everyone who voted for me before. Uh, Dick. <laughs> it doesn't matter. now. anyway, uh, I you can find me at two places now. I now have two podcasts. You can find me Super Movie Bros on iTunes and uh, you can check me out on the Podfix Network, podfixnetwork.com. Um, and then you can also check out the new show that me and Wes from Via VHS are doing. It's all about Star Wars. It is Good Morning Mose Isley, paying a little homage there to Good Morning Vietnam, where we do uh, some news stories and some advertisements in the Star Wars universe. Uh, and then we play characters in the Star Wars universe. But then we also do real world Star Wars news and our reactions to it and our thoughts on Star Wars from a certain point of view. So it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Good morning, Mose Isley. And if you got the time, check out Super Movie Bros, too. That that show's OK. Uh, you can also go back, uh, I think it was a year ago, Dave joined us on So I Married a Movie Geek to introduce Chrissy to the Star Wars prequels, which was very, yes. very interesting yeah. as well. So That uh, is a super like crash course in prequel education. <laughs> uh, fun times. For all you, <laughs> for all you prequel haters. So uh, I, might, I might make you like it. Dave, Dave, good luck at the polls, man. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Gidget. All yeah, the way, yes. all the way across the world. Always love talking '80s movies with you. Where can we find you and your podcast online? Okay, well, I had the time of my life. Thanks for having me on. Uh, brilliant time. You can find me over with Angry Man at the Retro Cinema Podcast. So seriously, just go into Google, just type in the Retro Cinema Podcast. We are on every single listening device. So uh, we do '80s movies that we loved back then, and we still love now. And Trust me, as I said, with Dirty Dancing, we'll probably podcast it eventually, but sometimes the memories that you have of the movies back then, uh, when you give them a rewatch, they just still don't, they don't hold up to what you remember. And oftentimes the movies that you watched back then are even better when you watch them now. So we just do the 80s movies that we remembered back then and still love. Awesome. Gidget, well, isn't there something else you need people to support you on? I was about to say, you're you're in another competition online currently, Gidget. I, I you literally am, put a but... gun to my head and made you made me support you. So I mean here's your I, platform. I am, Get I, on your I soapbox. Well the thing is the the the, tr- the trouble is we're pre recording it. So um uh, I, I at the at the point that I'm at now. I wouldn't want to give away any spoilers because they haven't uh. aired a few episodes beforehand. But I, 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 can, I can say that I'm on a competition called America's Next Top Podcaster. And it's freaky because I'm not American. So there you go. <laughs> I was about to say, is there an Australian's top podcaster competition that I can like enter myself <laughs> well, no, into? there isn't because Paul would have already won it. For the <laughs> 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 Trying to give votes. And that's, the, and that's the weird thing. So it's basically all the rest of the, the competitors are American. So I'm not just doing it for Australia. I'm doing it for the rest of the world. Oh. So yeah, wow. Her her, her, re- her wow. reach is long in the social medias. We've already discussed it. We'll we'll see how Gidget does in the polls. It's always great talking with you, Gidget. Gidget, if you're Thank so powerful you so internationally, can you stop this whole wall business? It's not going to happen. Can you just like break it down? <laughs> in, like, I don't get true, it. I'm like- I avoid politics like the plague. <laughs> I just he's not our problem. I'm in here in Australia. We, we've got enough issues with the idiots around this country. So that's that's your problem. You sort it out. Uh, Dave, Dave is the friend, you know, at the end of the night, it's been a party and you're like, okay, man, we're going to like tuck in now. It's really late. And Dave's like, but 
let's hang out some more. We're like, no, we're, we're cool, man. Like, bye bye. You know, he's like outside the door doing movie quotes and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> Gidget again, th- thanks for joining us. Drew Hallam. Thanks, Justin. From the Real Phil's podcast. Again, Gidget and Drew came in hot, won their first draft. You know, and now they're here in the semifinal round. Drew, where, where can we find you and your podcast online? So, uh, much like Dave, you can find me on two podcasts that I run. Uh, the first one is, as you said, the Real Feels Podcast. You can search on Twitter at Real Feels Pod. That's R E E L. And we put out a new episode every two weeks. You can also find me on a actual play recording D and D podcast called Crit Storm Cast. With Donnie from More Gooder Than Podcast yeah. and Thomas Howitt, formerly of the Never Ending Minute Podcast. Nice. You guys, you know, two podcasts. How do you do it? How, where do you find the time? I'm just very. I make Wes do everything for the second one. And Tom- there we go. <laughs> right. And Thomas, Thomas edits all of our episodes for the actual place. So. <laughs> Uh, by by the way, Wes, uh, you, your co-host on your new podcast is in the other bracket, the eighty-eight bracket. So there might be a, like a a Duke UNC situation down the road. Two two hosts against each other. We'll see how it, how it shakes out. But Drew, thank thanks again for joining us tonight, man. Oh yeah, no, this was a hoot and a half. It was a blast. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. And again, the biggest thing: go online, vote for you who you think had the best team in tonight's 1987 fantasy draft because fantasy movie draft that is because the the two highest vote getters advance to the finals. It's going to be a big thing, um, and the, the competition's only going to get more difficult from there. So that's it. That's it, guys. This, in the 87 draft, you can find me uh, online. You found our podcast, so I married movie geek. We're on. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MovieGeekCast. We're also a proud, a proud member of the Podfix Network along with Dave. Uh, PodfixNetwork.com. You can find our podcast and others uh, on that page. So thanks again for joining us tonight. Thanks again to Gerald, Dave, Gidget, and Drew. Again, go online, vote for your favorite team, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Network.com.